what could the Boston Red Sox look like in 2024? They have the potential to be a very, very strong and complete team. Join me on this episode of Lockdown Red Sox, where I break down all of the areas of need and some notable free agents. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut. Thanks for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day. I'm a former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your feed on your favorite podcast platform. Hope you're surviving the week so far. I am here to bring you an episode of the show to talk all about the 2024 Red Sox. I know the 2023 season has just been one full of constant emotions and an up and down roller coaster and not knowing what's going to happen and what version of the Red Sox are going to show up on a nightly basis. That can be very taxing emotionally. And I am right there with you because it certainly has been for me. But the future does look very bright for this Red Sox team with a lot of young talent in the system that could be coming up, as well as just some notable changes that need to be made to the team. I discussed earlier in the week where I feel Heim Bloom stands with his time with the Red Sox, what I think he I need to see more of from him. So on today's episode, I'm going to be going into some of the Red Sox primary areas of need in 2024, as well as point out some notable free agents that would make sense for the Red Sox to look into. This is a very important offseason for Bloom. If he does not make some moves that are notable to fix the team, then we need to start having a conversation about is Heim Bloom the guy that can take the Red Sox over the top? He's been a little conservative when it comes to managing the major league roster so far in his tenure here. So I really would like to see him push more to make the major league roster more competitive. The Red Sox will be free to spend a lot of money over the next few seasons. So 2024 and 2025 could be when they really take advantage of having a solid group of veterans on the team, as well as a mix of their own young talent within the farm system that they have coming up. When it comes to 2024, the biggest need for the Boston Red Sox is pitching, pitching, pitching. Get some starting pitching, please. I've been saying all season long and even this past offseason that the Red Sox pitching staff is looking very, very shaky. There were a lot of pitchers who seemed to be relied upon that couldn't stay healthy. James Paxton and Chris Sale being examples and I'm not knacking on James Paxton because 
He's been absolutely impressive for the Red Sox in the times that he has pitched since coming back from the IL. So I'm very, very happy with that. But Chris Sale just has had a very up and down last few years in terms of staying healthy. So when I looked at the Red Sox rotation going into the season, I said everything has to be perfect in order for this pitching staff to work out. And that's exactly the case because as we've seen for a lot of this season, there have been injuries to starters and players having to come in and step up that we might not have expected to see come up to the major league roster. So I'm thinking of players like Joe Jakes, Brandon Walter, Chris Murphy, just a few pitchers who, yes, it's nice that they've gotten their chance to come up and throw in some games at the major league level, but with Whitlock and Houck getting injured, as well as Chris Sale just going through a long injury process too, it was very, very taxing on the bullpen to have a lot of different people opening games and having to be stretched out and pitch more than they should have been this season. And that was my biggest fear going into the season with the true ace on the pitching staff. They never acquired just a lot into the rotation to be an extra starter. And those were things that I saw to be a huge mistake for the Red Sox heading into this season was we don't have enough pitching depth here and that needs to change. So the absolute top priority for me in 2024 is get an ace caliber pitcher. Bayo has the potential to be an ace, I believe, but he's still working through some things, which is normal and natural. He has so much potential Right now, I see him as a number two. He is the current ace of the pitching staff. But overall, I feel that he's a number two and they need a true number one starter in order to really contend. So that is the biggest need in 2024 for me to really solidify the Red Sox rotation and feel more confident. Sticking with the pitching side, I also would like to see them really hone in on just improving the bullpen, just really solidifying the bullpen. I think they've started to do a little bit of this already in terms of trying out pitchers, letting them go if they're not working. For example, Dinelson Lamette came in and threw for one game and then was DFA'd. And in the game that he did pitch, it was an absolute disaster against the Royals. He did not look good at all. And the Red Sox were only down by one at the time that he came into the game. So I didn't agree with the timing of when he was used. I get wanting to give him a shot because he had previously been let go by the Rockies because he was seriously struggling. But again, players thrive in different environments. So I was okay with giving him a shot, but not in that situation when it's a one-run game and the Red Sox had a chance to still be in it. He put the game out of reach when he came in to pitch. So don't make somebody go through that in their debut. So that was an issue I had, but that goes to show that the bullpen was so worn down and has just pitched a lot lately that Alex Cora truly started running out of options of who to throw when, and it 
ends up being set up for situations like that. So if Bloom can start to weed out the pitchers that might not cut it in the bullpen for 2024, that would be ideal. We've seen pitchers who have really delivered out of this bullpen and pitchers who have struggled, I think, now towards the end of the 2023 season. Just really hone in on figuring out what combination of these pitchers is going to work for us in 2024. And once you figure out that combo of pitchers that are going to stick, then move on to saying, okay, how many more bullpen arms do I really need to diversify this bullpen a little bit? The bullpen right now is really left-handed heavy. So that's something to keep in mind, just acquiring a right-handed reliever or two that can help out in the pen, but competitive players. I don't want to see Bloom do what he's been known for, which is to pull pitchers who have either been struggling elsewhere or just haven't really gotten their shot at the majors yet to come in and pitch in the bullpen. I think this year being a bridge year was the year to certainly experiment with that, but I would like them to just acquire a reliever who is a proven player and has pitched well if they feel that they need to come to that conclusion. But I first think they should look at every pitcher they have right now in the bullpen and really examine who's going to work for us moving forward and who's not. Then it really comes down to the outfield, just solidifying who's going to be part of the outfield longer term. Is it worth it to let go of Verdugo? The fact that he really has been significantly struggling at the plate, you know, in the second half overall of the season and has had some problems with hustle and effort causing to be benched by Cora, those things add up. And if there's an attitude problem that is in the clubhouse, that's not being discussed with the general public and his attitude's toxic to the clubhouse, then maybe it's worth looking into moving him. Is Duvall a piece that you want to bring back? Does it really make sense to keep him in the outfield longer term? Yoshida is here to stay for a while, which I'm really happy about. Duran's been developing. So there needs to be a little bit of a decision made with the outfield. Rep Snyder's a great person to keep because he's a utility guy. He can play in the infield or the outfield. So definitely want to keep him here too. So the outfield really needs to be solidified and improved a little bit more. I don't necessarily think, you know, it's worth bringing in a very, very expensive outfielder at this point because with the way Duran's been playing and the way Yoshida's been playing, those two at the plate are going to produce. It's just a matter of upgrading defensively the outfield and deciding which of those outfielders you don't necessarily really need or see being here anymore. Coming up, I'm going to continue to talk about just one final area of need that I feel the Red Sox need in 2024, as well as start to break down some key free agents in the 2024 class that could be a good fit for the Red Sox. Are you ever in need of car parts or just tools for your car? eBay Motors is the place for you. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. 
So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When I tell you that eBay Motors makes it such an easy process, they really do. Coming from somebody like me who always struggles with her car, eBay Motors will hook you up and get you everything that you need. So I was... Talking about the Red Sox and needs for 2024, kind of areas that can really help shape out the team to be the best version of the Red Sox that they can possibly be. One area that I feel still would be ideal would be to get a real true second baseman in there, there's been a lot of shifting between shortstop and second base with the 2023 Red Sox. Trevor Story is obviously back now to play shortstop, which is awesome because that is his primary position. He played second base in 2022, but after having surgery and his injury and all of that, his arm really seems like it's better than ever defensively he has looked pretty good since coming back so that's really promising so he's going to be the shortstop moving forward until Marcelo Meyer likely is ready to come up just presumption so Trevor Story at shortstop you're good there so the infield really now is consisting of Story, Devers, and Casas so then second base it's been platooning in 2023 between a mix of Kike, Arroyo, Chang, Reyes, who have all also played shortstop. But now that story's back. The infield situation is cleaned up a little bit. But is Pablo Reyes somebody that you see as part of the organization longer term? I've expressed so many times that I'm a Pablo Reyes fan. I still am. I feel like Pablo makes a lot happen on the field. He's a diverse player offensively. He's good on defense. So to me, he could be the solution there for the other infielder. And then you just kind of platoon him and story there. But do the Red Sox feel like Pablo Reyes is a longer term solution for this team? If the answer is no, then they definitely need to solidify a real second baseman because it was tough to watch the infield defensively this season and all the mistakes that they were making and feeling like they could be a lot better if they just addressed the middle infield for good. So I'd like to see them bring in a true second baseman if, you know, Pablo Reyes isn't it. The question then becomes they do have some talented infield prospects in the system when are they going to be ready is it a situation where some of these studs that are in triple a 
maybe get another chance. Emmanuel Valdez is a great example of a player who was given an opportunity and played a short stint with the Red Sox up in the majors in 2023 because of injuries to the middle infielders that they did have. So is it the type of situation where they don't feel like it's worth signing a middle infielder at this point because they have a lot of infield talent in the system now? That's also up for the Red Sox and Bloom to decide, but it's, again, risky because you never know how these prospects are going to pan out, and it's hard to – rely on somebody to be called up and be your everyday second baseman. That's such an important position on the field. And especially with the Red Sox who have struggled defensively, it's a really important position and you need somebody in there that you know can hack it and handle the defense. I would not be opposed to them, you know, giving some of these middle infielders an opportunity, especially if injuries do happen, then maybe give them an opportunity. But I would still feel a lot better with how the Red Sox look in 2024 if they bring in a veteran second baseman to, you know, help solidify the offense. Because when you look at how the Red Sox are set up now, there is a decent mix of veterans on the team and young talent, but the young talent are players who really have been producing and, Is that going to work for everybody? Probably not. So I would feel like the Red Sox are a more complete team if they were to acquire a true second baseman. I love the fact that, you know, from a DH standpoint, the Red Sox have had some options in 2023 and are going to, um, you know, likely have another option in there with Trevor Story because, He plays shortstop primarily, but he also does make sense as a DH. So it's it's just makes sense for the Red Sox to kind of keep the options they have at DH. Yoshida's DH a bit this season. Justin Turner, obviously, Um, and with Turner, he'll be back for another year or two. So he does play second base now he's only he's playing a couple times for the Red Sox this year so if you use Justin Turner as your primary second baseman I mean I guess but it would be nice if the Red Sox can really knock down that middle infield and acquire a second baseman there are a few available on the market so it's just a matter of whether the Red Sox see the options as players that they feel are worth signing And that's another thing I wanted to bring up too is with the way that Bloom has been in his tenure so far, I hope he doesn't remain too much on the cautious side to the point where he loses out on too many free agents when I feel like the 2024 Red Sox really have the potential to do big things. So I hope he doesn't wait too long to – try and sign somebody, especially from a pitching standpoint, because it's so important that they get this right. I think Bloom's been given chances, and I think this is his offseason to really show that he wants to invest in the major league club. And so hopefully he can make the right moves to put them in a position to succeed in a variety of different ways. So coming up, 
I'm going to talk about some of these potential free agents that are on the market that could make sense for the Red Sox to look into. Because if I'm high in bloom, there are some great names that potentially could be a fit. So that's all coming up. Don't forget, you can get the Red Sox broadcast on Sirius XM. Don't miss a single pitch of any Red Sox game on the home Nesson broadcast. Just download the Sirius XM app and search Red Sox, and they have you covered for all home broadcasts. And that's a beautiful thing, especially for me when I can't stand to miss games, even if I am not physically somewhere where I can watch it on TV. At least being able to have the option to listen to it makes me feel so much better. So download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and they have you covered. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked on MLB podcast. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Sully, who hosts that show, last week, and it was a lot of fun. He is an absolute ball of energy, but super knowledgeable about baseball and all the teams and keeps up with everything going on. So if you ever want to hear his perspective on where the Red Sox are at. He also grew up a diehard Red Sox fan. He won't go into as much detail on the Red Sox specifically because he covers a lot on his show, but he will give you some other insight as to generally where the Red Sox stand compared to everybody else. So it's a great show to follow. Follow Lockdown Red Sox on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbutt 10 to join in the fun, and we can continue the conversation that way. The 2023 free agent class is stocked in some more positions than others. For the Red Sox, there's a couple priorities as I went over, but there is a certain position in particular, cough, pitching, that they should really be going after in the free agent class. A lot of people are talking about the Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, he is the ace of his pitching staff right now, the Oryx Buffaloes. In the 2023 season, he has a 157 earned run average. He's only given up 20 earned runs and 16 walks and has 118 strikeouts. So he gets a lot of swings and misses and will likely be available to MLB clubs in this offseason, which is exciting because he could be somebody that helps the Red Sox pitching staff. Obviously, you never know when you sign an international player if their skills are going to translate or if they're going to be the same type of baseball player as they were. But we've seen it be a success with Yoshida with the Red Sox. And they obviously saw something in Yoshida that they knew would work out in Boston. So I think that's somebody the Red Sox should be targeting and at least looking into and watching his game and the way that he pitches just to see if he's somebody that could be a fit here. Because I do feel like he would be a good asset to the Red Sox, a team that is really looking for that true number one starter. So he could definitely make a difference. In terms of other starting pitching, obviously Otani 
is the biggest name that pops into my head. I did a whole segment on this show about why I would like to see the Red Sox sign Shohei Otani, why I think he would make a massive difference to the Red Sox. He will be really expensive, but that absolutely makes sense because you're basically getting two for the price of one, seeing as he is a two-way player. My question becomes, how long will he be able to sustain dominance both as a pitcher and as a hitter? Will he be able to do both for a long time? That's the question that comes up, but he could solve multiple problems the Red Sox have. You could obviously slot him there right into the pitching staff with Bayo. Imagine a one-two punch of Otani and Bayo with Whitlock, Houck, and Crawford added in there too. I mean, that's a pitching staff. That's certainly, certainly a rotation. Um, I still do think, you know, Houck needs to work on his longevity, Crawford as well, but that could come over time. But just the difference with both his bat and just his arm and being able to pitch Shohei would make. That would just be so, so cool. I just don't know. You know, a lot of teams are going to be after him as they should be. It would be pretty silly for a team not to be. So I do wonder, you know, what his top suitors are going to be, but that would be fantastic. A couple other notable starting pitchers that I think the Red Sox could look into, um, you know, should they become free agents and don't, um, you know, decide to sign with the team that they're with currently. Kyle Hendricks is an interesting one, um, as well as Blake Snell. I know the Red Sox briefly looked into him at the trade deadline. Ultimately, the Padres decided they weren't going to sell, but he's overall a good pitcher. I do worry about injuries with him and consistency, but when he's on, he really, really is on. So, it could be interesting to kind of see how he fares with the Red Sox and some usual suspects that I brought up before the trade deadline, Lucas Giolito, Jordan Montgomery. These are all pitchers that at the end of the day could really slot into the Red Sox rotation. I'm not saying all of them would be an ace caliber pitcher because I don't believe all of them are, but they could be, you know, a middle to back end starter to slot in there as a consistent pitcher that you know can give you longevity and length and can give you the innings. So there's a lot of pitchers on there. I think the number one starter needs to be the priority, but the rotation in general, I mean, I'll absolutely take another arm, even if it's a number four or five. I feel like a lot of what the Red Sox have now in their rotation is a mix of about a three, maybe four, um, which is okay. But a true number one and then maybe one other starter would really help me feel confident in where the Red Sox are at with the starting rotation. In terms of other free agents, I know I mentioned second base as a potential position they might look into. Whit Merrifield is having a pretty good season. He has a 298 average. He's hit 10 home runs and recorded 52 RBIs. His OPS is 768. Um, you know, he honestly might end up just staying with the Blue Jays. That could make sense for him to do um, because he does have a mutual option in place. So that would basically mean both him and the Blue Jays would have to exercise that option. So that is definitely something to look out for. But if that option falls through, it's pretty rare usually that it actually happens. 
then I definitely like that name for the Red Sox. He is a good defender, so he can give you that solid glove at second base. And he's a pretty good hitter, too. Um, not the best hitter by any means, but he'll make some contact and get at-bats. So that would be a name I think the Red Sox could at least look into. I wouldn't offer him a ton of money, but that would help me feel like, yeah, we have a second baseman who can – um, you know, help defensively. Again, another thing with him, though, is I question the longevity. How effective can he be down the road? Um, and is it something the Red Sox want to invest in? That's why the second base position is very, very dicey to me right now, because is it worth it for them to longer term invest in somebody? Who knows? It depends where they're prospects are really at and how much they trust those guys but solidifying a second baseman I think would help put the fan base at ease and if it's you know if they decide they want to bring up somebody to play second base or they want to roll with Urias which I don't really like that idea I think Urias is fine I mean he can hit but his defense hasn't overly impressed me so I'd like to see him just get some reps in AAA and just have somebody more reliable at second base. So again, lots of decisions to make with that, but that is an interesting name to look out for on the market when it comes to that. Um, basically, the bottom line is the Red Sox have flexibility here starting this season, this offseason, I should say. So I really want to see bloom in buy mode i want to see him be aggressive i want to see him go after players and really not be afraid to spend the money on players who are really worth it because that's something that i have yet to see bloom do so i'm excited to see when he has these doors open if he is able to do that because that would be huge for the red sox for me to look at it and say okay the 2024 Red Sox are a team that I can really feel confident and get behind. So we'll see. Only Bloom can can decide where this team's going to go. Just a reminder, again, download the SiriusXM app and you can catch all Red Sox home broadcasts on there. Don't miss a single pitch. Just search Red Sox on the SiriusXM app. I hope the Red Sox do the right thing in, in the 2024 free agency period. They do have areas to address and there's some notable names on here that could be a fit. So we'll see what they do, but my hope is that they figure it out and they set up a team for 2024 that can succeed next year and beyond. Catch you on the flip side. Have faith. Let's go Red Sox.